Good day, my friends. And yes, welcome to another moment. A Black History Moment with Bo. And I hope this day finds you in good shape. As a matter of fact, I hope this whole week has been favorable to you. You know, my friends, sometimes people ask me, why do I do this? And to be completely honest with you, I do not know why. Why do I get up every morning at the crack of dawn and come down to this studio and try to connect with people that I have never met or have never seen? I guess you could say this is my legacy. You see, I'm 77 years old and I'm not in the Football Hall of Fame. I didn't score the winning points of the NBA championship, but what I do have and what I have accomplished is learning the truth about us. And there comes a time when silence is betrayal. You see, no other race is told to forget their history and no other race has suffered more than we have. And here's a fact for you. He who steals your past will control your future. That's without a doubt. So I practice my culture because my ancestors weren't allowed to. And I think I'm doing exactly what my ancestors would want me to do. And that's keeping them alive through my voice and through this podcast. Telling the stories and the events that happened to them that they weren't allowed to tell or even record. So sit back and enjoy, and I'm going to tell you how we were kicked out of the state of Georgia. You know, it's amazing to me how whiteness will never record the atrocities that they do. But yet, when black people do anything, such as the Million Man March in Washington, D.C. in 1995, which I am proud to have been a part of, the new history books will tell of this event. But you just know they're going to tell of it in a derogatory way. And you just cannot make me believe that any history books that go through any of our public school systems or private school systems tell of the fact that in 1912, Georgia County drove out every black resident or that between the 1860s and the 1920s, white Americans pushed out thousands of black residents from their communities. Stacey Adams' victory in the Georgia Democratic gubernational primary put her one step closer to becoming the first black female governor in the United States. To understand what Abrams was up against, you must realize that she had to compete against two Republican men in a red state that has only elected white men. But then again, you got to look at the state's history of white supremacy and how that legacy affects Georgians today. One county in particular shoulders an especially dirty past. The northern county of Forsyth, one of Georgia's most populous, leans heavily white and conservative. Its demographics are shaped by an event that happened in 1912 when white people forced out all 1,098 of Forsyth's black residents 
who comprised about 10% of the population at that time. Writer Patrick Phillips says that he always heard that the county had driven out the black population to protect its white women after black men had raped and killed one woman. Here we go again. It always goes back to that, does it not? As an adult, he researched the real story and published his findings in Blood at the Root, a racial cleansing in America. Now, there was, in fact, a white woman who was murdered in 1912, and her name was May Crow. She was 18 years old, and she was found under very mysterious circumstances, beaten and bloody and unconscious in the woods. The case is still unsolved and will likely remain so since there are no more living witnesses. Yet at the time, the only young black men living in that part of the country were accused of the crime. A poor brother by the name of Rob Edwards was lynched almost immediately on the town square, and this turned out to be a lynching that most of the community participated in. And like many other whiteness festivals, thousands of people showed up to watch the lynching and joined in and fired bullets into his corpse. The county also lynched Oscar Daniel and Ernest Knox, both teenage boys. And after that, white vigilantes drove every black person out of the county and in enforced its borders as whites only well into the 1980s. And black families dispersed to different regions, some moving north in the Great Migration. Many moved to neighboring Hall County, Georgia. You see, my friends, this expulsion wasn't a bizarre anomaly in part of the country. Between 1860s and the 1920s, White Americans drove thousands of black residents from their communities. And since then, many of these communities have remained almost exclusively white. In 1901, white residents in Pierce City, Missouri, lynched three black men and banished 300 black residents. By 2000, the census reported that the city had remained majority white. Out of a population of 1,385, only 0.22%, three people were black. A 1905 expulsion in Harrison, Arkansas, left a similar legacy as the 1912 campaign in Forsyth. Today, Forsyth's population is only 3.6% black. Forsyth's ugly history drew wider state attention in 1987 when black Americans and white allies held a 1987 civil rights march in Forsyth. Many white residents responded by throwing rocks at the marchers, and this kicked off an inquiry into whether land that was illegally taken from black residents in 1912 could be turned over to those black residents' descendants today. But you know, whiteness has a loophole. And since the land had been handed down or sold several times since then, the county didn't redistribute any land and likely won't in the future. 
Many other communities in northern Georgia attempted to expel their black residents in the early 20th century. Foresight was only unique in how successful it was. If these people were to vote for someone like Stacey Adams and really put all this behind them, it would be revolutionary. But there's a lot of history and a lot of bigotry in that part of Georgia. African Americans have been violently expelled from at least 50 towns, cities, and counties in the United States. The majority of these expulsions occurred in the 60 years following the Civil War, but continued to occur until 1954. The justifications for the expulsions varied, but often involved a crime allegedly committed by an African-American, labor-related issues, or property takeovers. Back then, if you were black, you were not supposed to own any land. In 1831, all 80 black residents were expelled under Ohio's discriminatory black laws from Portsmouth, Ohio. In 1873, Pollock, Louisiana, a small black population of Pollock left the town after the massacre of more than 100 blacks in nearby Colfax. 1886, Comanche County, Texas, White residents expel blacks from Comanche County because of alleged crimes committed by black men. And in 1894, in Monette, Missouri, Monette's black population was expelled after the lynching of a black man who killed a white man during a fight. The Monette expulsion was the first of a number of violent expulsions in southwestern Missouri between 1894 and 1906. And in 1896, in Linton, Indiana, 300 black strike breakers were expelled from the coal mining town of Linton after one of the strike breakers shot a white boy. Eventually, blacks were banned from living in all of Greene County, Indiana. And the list goes on and on, my friends, into the 20th century. The bottom line is that whiteness just had its way with us. And the majority of the time, it was jealousy. And whiteness thought they were protecting whiteness and protecting their women. You see, my friends, this is why I do what I do. Because our younger generation need to know. Because if we don't tell the stories, the stories will never be told. We've been lied to about everything. The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot unlearn the many lies they've been taught to believe. And if you cannot believe one part of the story, does it not leave doubt in your mind that the whole story is wrong? One thing about it, if you do not have knowledge of yourself, you will end up living the illusion that others have created for you. This is exactly why I do this. Because my ancestors have put it into my mind that this is what I must do. And Marcus Garvey once said, If we as a people realized the greatness from which we came, we would be less likely 
to disrespect ourselves. Well, my friend, now you know my secret. Now you know why I do the things that I do. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you've chosen the side of the oppressor and your silence has given consent. My friends, once again, that music tells me that it is time for me to go. But before I leave you, I must leave you with another message, something to think about. History matters. Full, complete, honest, real, factual, difficult, horrifying, History matters, and the way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. Have a great day, my friends. Until next time, it has been my pleasure and my honor.